Christmas from the dystopian shores of the UK, where eating costs a kidney and heating costs two. Two men stand huddled around a dwindling blaze, contained in an oil drum. No more fuel to last the night. All that remains left to burn is a stack of comics. We decided to take a trip back in time for this year's Christmas special. Uh, so this is Xmas, Days of Noel Past. It's just me today, Greg and Leon. Bar humbug. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, um, the situation in the UK right now, as most of you... If, well, if you live in the UK, you are painfully aware. If you don't live in the UK, then uh, you're probably aware ambiently somehow that none of us can afford to heat our homes and the cost of living is continuously rising. Yeah, it's, uh, it's not great. I mean, I'm sitting here right now wearing a jumper and a hat and I've literally just took my coat off because I've put the heating on because I'm lucky enough that I can have the heating on sparingly. And I can afford to do that. But there's a lot of people out there who can't. And yeah, it's just, it's just not great. <laughs> not great at all. But um, we've got some Christmas comics to look at, Leon. They're either going to keep us warm and fuzzy or we're going to burn them to keep warm. So that's the idea this time in the spirit of, uh, spirit of the times. Um, so yeah, we're, we're, uh, this year's Christmas special as well. We're kind of riffing on our recent Death and Return of Superman episode. So what I did was I put together a list of Christmas comics from deep in the 90s that um, come from either around the time that uh, the comics that make up the Death and Return of Superman would have been on the shelves or slightly after. So roughly, the like basically everything I've put together today encompasses the first half of the 90s decade. So like up to about christmas 95 we're going um and we've got seven comics today and we have to decide which ones we like and which ones we're going to burn <laughs> and i just i have a, a sneaking suspicion we're going to be burning a lot of these because they come from a time where like we've talked about within the death and return of superman episodes um it's it's that extreme kind of like you know like people Comic comics are getting edgy. Like comics, ca comics writers are going for like edgier, more morally ambiguous characters, and creating edgier, more morally ambiguous stories with, you know, a little bit more grit and grime to them. Because that's what readers seem to be wanting at, in in this time period. Like, there's very little room for anything else, and it's such an odd thing when these characters cross paths with like Christmas as we're about to find out in some of these books and yeah it's just it's something else really and uh that's what i want to get across in this episode i want <laughs> i want to uh yeah <laughs> you can really feel the effects of uh a country because this is american produced comics that have uh just gone through uh reaganomics and then gone straight into the uh uh, George H.W. Bush era and have just come out that side of that and uh, it was like 92 onwards that uh, uh, Clinton was elected and um, in that time they had various recessions <laughs> like uh, the economy was booming at the for most of the 80s and then they had various yeah. recessions and uh, a lot of people even when the economy was booming were like uh, sort of tossed aside and uh, forgotten by like uh, everyone like every mode of like government and stuff so you can definitely feel this level of uh like cynicism i mean 
look at what happened at comics in, in comics themselves during the 80s like batman got a got a whole ass reinvention pretty much um and uh the the notion of superheroes were redefined and challenged multiple times by multiple authors yeah uh, and the idea of like um authoritarianism and just a general bleak outlook uh, reigned supreme and uh yep. <laughs> for for those non-comic uh for people who watch comic book stuff more than read comic book stuff i mean there's a reason that joker movie was set in the 80s exactly and <clears throat> a lot of these books that we're looking at today um it's i wouldn't even say they're holiday i'd say they're anti-holiday specials I think I think that that's a better descriptor of what these actually are and happen to be. Like, just yeah, I don't I don't I don't want to call them holiday specials because it's just the juxtaposition of Christmas and then these weird gnarly characters that have come out of this like stew part of a time period. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, without further ado, we're going to crack on uh, with the first book on the list. Our first book on the list is the What The Xmas Special. So, uh, What The, that's What The, exclamation mark, well, question mark, exclamation mark, um, was like a self-parodying Marvel book. It was, um, it was published by Marvel Comics, and it was kind of like Marvel poking fun at itself um, with the characters they included and poking fun at the comics industry in general in places. Um, it was it was satire, um, and they they had a, a quite a bit of success with it. Actually, um, it ran for a fair few issues, and um, it it uh, it did quite well. A lot of people quite liked it. Um, oh, I've got some things to say about this one, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, so. Apologies, by the way, if I cough and splutter throughout this podcast. Um, I'm not feeling great at the moment. And that's probably adding to the uh, the air of humbug <laughs> that surrounds this current, uh, this, uh, this, this, this podcast and this list of comics that we're discussing. But yeah, so it's, it's, um... yeah, so apart from the Doctor Doom story at the top of this book, I wasn't really impressed. We've got these like, so there's this Doctor Doom story at the beginning where Doctor Doom saves Christmas because Santa gets injured by Doctor Doom's um, defences on top of his castle, which I actually quite like that story. So that's, this is like an anthology title. It's an anthology satire title. And it's got this comical Doctor Doom Christmas story at the beginning, which is actually pretty good. The art's really nice. Um, I quite like the story. I, I like the, the idea of Doctor Doom having to be nice. Uh, it, it's, it, it, it's quite a good quite a good way to play with the character um this one comes from so this book is uh this will be from um christmas 1990 so this is like right at the beginning of the 90s um and uh it predates death of superman um and yeah yeah the only the only good thing about it in my opinion is the doctor doom story at the beginning where doctor doom saves christmas so Santa gets injured, um, Doom takes him into the castle to let him rest up and heal up and takes over his duties and delivers the presents um, in exchange for his heart's desire. 
Santa says he'll give him his heart's desire if he does if he does his bidding. Um, and uh, he ends up running into some trouble because he goes to the Avengers building and goes to the Fantastic Four building. Um, and quite clearly, they don't read his intentions well. They're like, he must be up to something. It's Doctor Doom. He gets beat up. Um, but it ends nicely. Uh, and he gets his heart's desire. <laughs> Um, and I actually thought this one was quite humorous, like, cause a lot, a lot, like the problem with this, this particular comic is like the humor for me, it just felt really, really flat in places. Like it didn't, it didn't feel like, I mean, well, we're going to get into it a little bit more anyway, but the satire just, it didn't land very well. Maybe it's because it's from 30 odd years ago, but it just, it just didn't seem to land for me. And I just had a, a really, really kind of like instant reaction, like instant bad reaction to it, to be honest, because <laughs> I just I just thought it was just just a bit a bit crass, and a bit awful. Um, but yeah, the Doctor Doom story was good. Um, after that, you've got um, a story starring some characters called Milk and Cookies. Um, and uh, this one is like um, satire poking fun at thematically linked characters like um like cloak and dagger that kind of stuff yeah 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 and do you know what leon you tell me what you thought of this one first <laughs> well uh I'll, I'll i'll add my thoughts on both because the like you yeah uh, i i uh, enjoyed the doctor doom one for like for like what it was it was better than i yeah. was thought it was going to be i really liked the rhyming verse stuff which the uh, night before christmas yeah, yeah, it can be like pretty cheesy, but I think it yeah. was handled really like pretty well here, especially for like yeah. a silly Christmas book from uh, the early nineties. I thought it was uh, pretty good, and and because uh, we read this in a different order than we're speaking about them, because we're speaking about them in chronological order. Yeah, uh, I'd gone through a lull of uh, books I, uh, or stories that I wasn't feeling as much before I got here. <laughs> so then it hit this story and I was like, oh, okay. Uh, I think this was the fourth book in. I was like, okay, well, maybe we're back on track or something. Like, uh, yeah, yeah. This, is, this isn't too bad. Um, and it has that, like, I have a little bit of nostalgia for this type of era of, like, comics printing, especially yeah. with, like Marvel and DC. Um, yeah. Because it reminds me of like the uh, you know the annuals that we would get over here, but like the hardback yeah. ones that I'd get as a present from like my Godfather and stuff like that. Like, yeah, the really early nascent comic book days where like for Which, me I'm in I'm in yeah. single digits still as a kid, and yeah. um, around this time, and uh, it's like the burgeoning sort of beginnings of uh, yeah. of loving comics. So I have a bit well, of a nostalgia for this type of look and the faded colors and stuff. It's John Byrne. John yeah. Burns art, so and you I can't go like, wrong with that. Yeah, timeless, and it's like, oh, this is this is a, this is a good start. And I did like all the stuff to do with like the misunderstandings. I thought that was handled really well. Yeah, I think I the general <laughs> uh, like uh, artwork and like the uh, sort of panel construction it, um, yeah. is is like is pretty good, um, and it, it gets to it zips through and gets to where it wants to go, like pretty well um and then uh we hit the milk and cookies and i like milk i got the cookies, thing yeah. like the cloaking dagger thing and it's just like yeah yeah, yeah. immediately i was like oh no dude. Uh, <laughs> the thing is like 
artwork is fine here. Uh, it's, it's like super colorful stuff, but it is yeah. a bit. It's a bit busy, and to, and like there's just so much dialogue in all, all of the bubbles, and I just didn't care. So it was such a slog to get through. I think yeah, it's it's parodying comics that come from a time prior to it, with all that dialogue and stuff. Like they actually they point it out um, yeah. in one of the speech. I mean, it's kind of clever in that way, but. There's a lot of things about it that just really are not clever and <laughs> would not would not go down well in 2022. Um I I do like the art. The art's pretty good. Um it's 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 I can see what it's trying to do but it just doesn't do it very well for me. I really um, like the uh the puzzly uh thing. Uh, at the end, <laughs> I, yeah, I like, like the look of 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 that. Yeah, yeah, that thing's cool, and the 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 giant Santa robot thing. It's, uh, it's like yeah, a little yeah. bit Kirby, little bit Kirby esque. I thought that was quite cool. Um, but yeah, other than that, I can't be very positive about this one. Uh, it's called "To Save You." Why must I floss? Um, and it's milk and cookies versus a bad guy that is called Colonel Gate or Colgate. Um, looks like a tube toothpaste. No <laughs> idea what they're getting up there. Yeah, exactly. Um, and um, yeah, it's um, yeah, some pretty iffy dialogue in there as well. <laughs> Have you got any choice examples? I've got one choice example. Um, something about nubile sixteen-year-olds. Oh, uh, that, that comes up twice that... in this book because it comes up in this one and then it comes up in another one as well. I forgot that that had come up in the Milk and Cookies one because I know it comes up in the story yeah. later, but yeah. I forgot that comes up in in this one. That's nuts for that to happen in, twice in the same book. Yeah, it's it's really bad. And what it's a bad. Time. <laughs> I know, right? And this is, it's no, just no. What's the, what's the context for the first one? Because we'll get to the second um, one. It's, it's Milk saying, oh, what could he want with me? I'm just a nubile 16-year-old to the, 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 the Human Torch um, parody. <laughs> God. <laughs> I, I like, I, I, I did, uh, I skipped over that. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> I'm seeing it again. It's like, whoa. I think my mind mentally blocked it out. Yeah, 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 my mind blocked out to protect me because isn't it just like, uh, but I'm just a nubile sixteen-year-old in a skin-tight costume. What could yeah, yeah, something like that. Me? Yeah, it's awful, <laughs> awful. I read that and I was like, do I do I really want to carry on? And I'm like, no, we have to talk about it because we have to tell people that. I mean, like, obviously, this would not fly. Like, no way would this fly. Into I mean, you could argue set in context of the character because the character's saying it. Yeah, the book just gets worse <laughs> as we go on anyway, because the, there's, there's a really bad, really bad Gakira parody. Well, yeah, well like, going in order of them, like, the What the Marble one, it's, it's yeah. a short one, that didn't, yeah. did, I, I didn't work for me. It's just... What the Marble villains got for Christmas. Yeah, so in, in this book, they have what's called the Marble Universe, which is the, the Humorverse, which um, has an official... It's Earth 9047. So it has an official designation in the Marvel Universe, the Humorverse, where the Marvel Universe characters reside, which are parodies of the characters, mainstay characters of the Marvel Universe. 
um and this is like what they got for christmas and um yeah it didn't it didn't ride for me i think you have to be reading what the from the beginning to kind of like get it but it's um it's one of those things where it, it just they could have just used the, the actual marvel characters and it would have it would have landed better i think this is the this is the type of thing that's um moron is like uh super hyped about it appearing in like i don't know in in the background of a what if season two episode or something like that. yeah like yeah that, that's the thing where it's like man like good for you you got your little easter egg but this sucks blow up that universe like if, <laughs> wait, wait, if you have a super villain wants to do it i, I don't care yeah. no no tears ta- for me. yeah yeah i'm really really not looking forward to the uh the milk and cookies disney plus show god i hope we don't get no yeah um so yeah and the it's um so your artist on that is rurik tyler and it's it's pretty it's pretty decent art but it's just a shame and some of like the dialogue in it is just like how and and how did that get published like honestly like it's a bit weird for me that that made it in that made it past like two editors because there's two editors on this book uh, I, I I just don't think it's a thing like that that uh, like slipped through. Yeah. I think it's just it's just uh, like a time thing. It's just a uh, just a sign of the times. Basically. Yeah, it's just a, it's just a culture time. Yeah. I don't think it's a, a thing that's like a whoopsie yeah. or like a, oh I'm going to sneak this past. That like, I don't think anyone really yeah cared or had a problem with it. It's just with, a thing. Yeah, with where we are now as a society. Or where you'd hope most of us are now as a society. Some of us aren't. I don't think you can get away with that anymore. <laughs> and that's the thing. I, I do, when I, like, read or, like, you know, engage, watch an old movie, listen to an old album or something like that, I do give things the benefit of the doubt in terms of... Yeah. Like, I don't yeah. try to put too many modern lenses on stuff because I think that yeah it, it can be unfair and in some ways you can miss what the work is saying about the time that it was made in so uh, yeah. so like uh, at the same time i can watch something and be like oh that was a little racist but it, it's not going to be i'm not going to shut it down immediately it's like oh that this seems a little yeah. racist finish it and then i'll have a general idea of like what they were attempting to do why i didn't think yeah. that worked and whether i think it was like actively hateful or not and with with all these and particularly this book like they do sort of test your sort of modern lenses thing, but like yeah. even viewing it as a thing where regardless of that stuff, this is just stuff that I, a lot of the stuff I wouldn't have found that interesting. Cause this is not my side of like comics, Marvel, you know, that, that type of thing. Like, um, yeah. while I, it's weird, we'll get onto it later, but I wasn't Mr. I like all the edgy characters like uh, Venom and Lobo and stuff like that. That wasn't yeah. me. But yeah. at the same time, I wasn't the guy who like, oh, I want to see the Fantastic Four, um, Fantastic Four and the X-Men open presents together on Christmas morning. That's mm. not me either. So like stuff yeah. like that, that, this is the why stuff like the Marvel U- Universe pains me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It yeah. makes you think like, maybe we do need to be more dark and gritty. <laughs> yeah. No, there's, there's certain things about it that I quite like. And there's certain, like, I, I, I enjoy the light-hearted parodying of the like of the, the comics industry at the time and everything else, and I get what it's doing, and it's a time capsule of its time. It's a snapshot, but I just I can't. 
it just wouldn't i don't think it would have sat with with me well back then either um but yeah i mean yeah so so that's the milk and cookie story after that the marvel villains it and heroes it, it's literally just a, a full pages basically like just um like a full page splash for each character like and what they got for christmas um the next story in the book uh chaplin america in chap's new partner um I hate, I this one I, you hated it yeah yeah i hated it <laughs> i like i liked i liked the uh the the beginning parody of the batman cover where rob robin's first appearance yeah 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 but <laughs> i i no this is not not no. for me <laughs> no. I hate I mean, Archie and Jughead on. are in this one. Archie yeah. and Jughead audition to be to be his new uh, his new uh, sidekick. But no, I, I wasn't into this. But I I get what it was trying to do, and I get what it was poking fun at. But it's just not. It's just not there. And the thing is, this I, comes, am, this... I was going to say, like, I, I am a fan of one of the things I do like about these Christmas things is when is, is all the stuff they do is all the winking, the nodding and sort of, you know, the inside baseball and uh, a lot of fourth wall breaking with like editors yeah. and artists and writers speaking directly to the audience or making fun of the industry as a whole. Yeah. That's, that's all fine. But that stuff alone, like it has to be good versions of that. Just doing that is not enough for me to give it a pass. Uh, I think yeah. it's cool that they're doing it, but I like when that stuff's done and done well. So yeah. here I'm just like, okay, cool yeah um and um it's it's yeah yeah it's 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 basically it's basically a parody of the whole thing that happened with jason todd with dc comics about how they had like the uh the a death in the family uh and they they're not even making any kind of like secret about it like the whole thing is just poking fun at that um and uh, about the the phone in to decide whether Jason lives or dies and all that stuff um, that happened with the death in the family. Um, I'm sure we've talked about that before at some point on this cast. We might have uh, we might have yeah, talked about uh, it a little bit when we did Nightfall. Probably yeah, not in depth, yeah. but we covered it, I think. But yeah, so it's it's that it's basically when DC killed Jason Todd, and then um, before they published his death, they decided to have a telephone um voting a basic basically like a phone in vote for fans um to decide whether jason survives or dies after he was brutally bludgeoned with a crowbar and then blown up um yeah and that is just parodying that and it's just basically about like um it's like an industry parody about how you know oh this will this will boost sales we'll kill a character We'll give you a psychic and then we kill him and it'll boost sales for your book kind of thing. And it's just, yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't land. I see what it's trying to do, but it's like, it's really half baked. Does that, does that make, didn't land. (laughs) Oh yeah. The next story. uh, (laughs) So this, this is like, this is actually offensive. This one, (laughs) I don't even want to say the name of it. Oh boy, yeah. So um, this is an Akira parody, um, and God, this was something else. This was so, so like it's like, called "I Hear You." Yeah, 
kind of written in the font or whatever, which I don't even really get the pun. I, I get it like for for what it's with the sort of Tetsu uh, XB or whatever, but even the the pun doesn't really work. The thing that's I'll, like straight off the bat though, I will say the thing that's like perverse is that say you're like a kid who somehow got access to uh, Akira. Uh, in the early 90s yeah. or late 80s or whatever. Yeah. This would have been kind of cool in like a validation way where like you're reading uh, one of the big books out of the thing and then the art style is referencing this this cool niche thing that you read and uh, you'd be like, oh, cool, I've seen the, the latest what it, uh, what the thing is like. It's got a... It's got a um, a parody of Akira in it and like on that base level I can understand where I can understand where they, there would have yeah. been an aspect where it's yeah. like oh this is cool that this is in it in a big mainstream like western comic um, but uh, like even like before any like offence or whatever blah blah which uh, like this is a, a hardcore like product of its time yeah yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I do think that it was made with admiration and not um, sort of thumbing their nose uh, yeah. at it. Uh, I do think that it was done by like fans of 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 the the manga series and the movie. Yeah. Uh, but my um, thing is that I just don't think the satire is like good no. or sharp. Um, mm. it, it's it's not it's not really good or sh- sharp at all like it's very loose i mean the thing is the character size of like was it canister uh like that stuff it just harkened back to like the 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 designs of the original but then yeah the if everything else it feels very like uh flat and it's like just for, even before you even started the book or the story it's just like you have that title yeah. And then you have uh, them referring to Neo Tokyo, but the pun is New to Tokyo. I, I don't get yeah. it. Um, yeah, it's and um, yeah, it's like the the setup for it. <laughs> it, it. It's just silly. Like there's a character called Zilla because why not? It's about Japan. Kamikaze Cat. Why not? It's about Japan. Like it, yeah, you know, it's it's just not. It's not. Not to, it's not even like sophisticated or whatever. It's just, um, I don't know. It's just, I don't know. It just seems so broad that, like, yeah. um, and there's not really much there apart from, like, oh, cool, like they're referencing that thing. But then you just have, like, just weird stuff, like, because it's like cramming as many Japanese, Japan references to America in, like, yeah. the early 90s. You have, like, uh, Hiroshima High School and just uh, the, the the second use of the nubile a sixteen year old line where it's like they're in yeah, a comic it, book shop and all the w- women are like super scantily clad and bending over and stuff. Yeah, no, no, thank you. <laughs> not no, not this. This this story just really, really, really did not land for me at all. It, it, it's, it, it's funny as well because that second use yeah. of the line. Is something that would uh, rile up a lot of these YouTuber comic people if if this was considered future. Where it's uh, is that the line is, isn't it weird that the average comic readers in the year twenty thirty 
are 98% nubile 16 year old girls. And then the other characters, I like it. And it's like, just imagine if, if 16 year old girls are like the main demographic of comic books in 2013, all these, uh, at the time, they'll be like over middle aged, like right wing comic book people on YouTube will kill. Oh themselves. my God. Yeah. Like comic skate <laughs> would be their little heads would explode, man. Like brains melting out of ears and shit. <laughs> like, no. Yeah, no, it's, um, it, it falls really flat for me. It, 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 I know what you're trying to say about how it, it, it probably comes from a place of love, but I, I, I had a really strong reaction to it again. Um, it came over, it did, it just came over to me. Like it was, it was just offensive because I was just looking at the puns for the names and the, uh, the name of the, the, the story I hear you. And I'm just like, oh, well, it's it's like this whole... It just felt to me like um, some, like, American guy just being, like, listening to a Japanese person speak and then be like, oh, what was that? You know, like, that sounded... like, And then cramming American syllables into, like, a cr- cramming American... Like, basically cramming american words to fit japanese syllables and then making a stupid word out of it or a stupid phrase yeah and and i think that's where like the broad comedy comes from the reason why i say i don't think it's like a uh look at this weird manga stuff uh to like that degree um where i think that the worst of that is stuff like all the scantily clad like uh, teen Mm. girls in the comic book shop uh but I, i think some of the other like references and art style things like this is made by people who are fans of the thing. And the, yeah. the sin here is just that this, the, the comedy is not good. And, and uh, a symptom of the comedy not being good is just uh, ends up uh, a, a byproduct of the comedy not being good is that you get uh, a, like some offensive st- uh, stuff in there. Um, because it's like of a very sort of basic understanding of like it isn't isn't Japan weird type thing, uh, yeah. Which is like, and it just it just remind me of that time where like uh, uh, anime, especially in the West, uh, with manga entertainment and stuff and AD vision, it was all like the hyper violent ones and the ones with sex yeah. scenes and stuff, which are great yeah. movies. A lot of them are great movies, like Ninja Scroll and and yeah. um, like Wicked City and stuff like that, but that became like what anime was for a while where people, if you mentioned anime to a lay person, they'd be like, Oh, those sex cartoons. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And uh, like, so this, I, I remember that stigma high, like super well in the nineties. Well, like um, not even then, like when, when I was big into anime in the early two thousands, even then, like the lay people would be like, it's either Dragon Ball Z or it's a sex cartoon. Yeah, yeah, but what I'm saying is that in the nineties <laughs> it was it was even yeah. worse than that. Yeah, yeah. Um, like, because by that time as well, you, by the later time, like the aughts and stuff, you, at least you had it like filtered down where you could be like, but what about Studio uh, Ghibli or whatever? That 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 wasn't a thing in the West. Uh, like well, no one, no UK. one, at, no one at my high school knew about Studio Ghibli. Yeah. Yeah, de- definitely not you. in the UK and definitely not, my not college. In, in the 90s. All the, all the yeah. anime on TV was uh, had those dubs where they added extra swear words. In them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like the um, Street Fighter Street Fighter 2 and yeah, all that kind Cyber of stuff. City and like, and yeah. like, Cyber like, City, yeah. 
So like it does feel very much of that thing there. But yeah. um yeah, like it, it's just it was an excruciating couple of pages. Uh yeah. Yeah. I, I'm reading through and like, where's the joke? Um yeah. and yeah. even like I don't know, like just on a basic level of what happens throughout that story, I like I I'm just not wasn't that interested. No, no. It it just just no, not for me. Yeah, that was another one that kind of like fell flat. I'm, I'm getting to the point where I'm thinking like, because we're, we're trying to decide whether we're going to burn or keep these comics, right? That's the whole point. So when we get to the end of, of this one, we're going to decide whether we wanted to burn it or keep it. Um, I'm getting to the point where I'm thinking, can I just take the Doctor Doom bit out and then burn the rest? <laughs> rip, rip out the beginning of the comic. I don't know. I, I think it's an all or nothing thing. I think that's the pain of burning it. And I think we have to burn it. <laughs> yeah. So I think like... Uh, Doctor Doom has to suffer. Yeah. Mighty Marvel clearance sale and home hazard funnies, road and gas. I don't have much to say about either of these. No. Yeah. No. Um, they're just they're just like little bits, basically. Like the Mar- Mighty Marvel clearance sale is a parody of um, the types of advertising that you used to get in comic books. Like, you know, like um, X-ray specs and pop guns and that kind of stuff. Mm. Um. And then the uh, the home hazard funnies, road and gas, um, yeah, no, <laughs> not yeah. I I think we're at the end for this one, and I think we can safely say that this is the first one for the fire. Pop it on the pyre. Off it goes, <laughs> straight into the straight into the incinerator. Look at it. Look at the flames. Lick it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, that's warming us up really well. Yeah, yeah. So it didn't warm my soul, but it's certainly keeping my hands warm now. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> um so uh and that's like another minute that i don't have to put the boiler on so that's fine <laughs> um so what's what's next oh yes lobo <laughs> oh and boy this right. is the thing, like before you actually get into it this is one of the ones that i had questions about so yeah, like so i've always been aware of lobo yeah uh mostly through his interactions with superman yeah. Um, but I've never read a Lobo comic. And to be honest, I don't really know that deep about the Lobo lore and stuff like that. Um, yeah. And as a result of all of that stuff, I always hated Lobo and I hated whenever he showed up in Superman. Uh, I, I hated his design. I hated the way he spoke when he when he uh, appeared yeah. in that cartoon. Um, I This is the Superman tier, yes, when you show up. And so altogether, I'm I'm not in the tank for Lobo. So can you please explain Lobo to me? Oh, right. Well, like in so, the most succinct way, but we don't need to get like the back history of how he became Lobo. Yeah, but he's a, why is Lobo a he's, thing. He's the last of his race. He's an intergalactic bounty hunter. Um, He comes from that class of characters that are morally ambiguous. Therefore, people love him. Like Deadpool, like, um, like the Punisher, etc. At this time, this is this is the a Lobo is a classic example of this time in comics. Basically, this this kind of age in comics. Um, in fact, his first appearance was night June eighty three, but like he kind of like, I think he comes into his own a bit later on. Which explains why um, he looks like a, a metal, uh, like yeah, guitarist. Yeah, yeah. His whole thing is his whole shtick is that he's uh, he's an intergalactic bounty hunter and uh, he's 
um, the last of his kind. He's the last Zarnian. Um, yeah, and yeah, that's, like, that's his, his whole thing is he's like, likes. yeah, I'll do it for the right price kind of thing. And he's like this space biker. Like that's, that's the easiest way to explain what he is. Like, and that's the easiest way to explain what would appeal about him to people back then. But like people, people don't just like, Oh yeah, Lobo, that's a cool character. I've not heard about that. Yeah. People do people who like Lobo do not shut up at Lobo. And now obviously there's talk about a Lobo movie coming up as part of this DC reshuffle. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. Why do people care so much? <laughs> I, I don't like don't Lobo. Understand. I've never understood I've ne- the Lobo thing. I've never. I'm like you, Leon. I've never really been a Lobo fan. I don't really care much for Lobo. Outside of Lobo's interactions with Superman, I have no love for Lobo. <laughs> like, I'm not. I'm not a Lobo fan, and I'm not. You know, it's he's not one of those characters that I, I am into because I. I don't. Like like you, I we we're 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 probably two people that we we were probably too young to enjoy the edgy characters back then. I think if we'd have been I old enough, if, I, I don't know about that because like uh, if we hadn't grown was, up when we grew up, and if we'd have been old enough in the early nineties, we might have been lapping this shit up. Yeah, but like there's other characters that were from around that period who prevailed, and like everybody but me, it felt were super into them. Yeah, uh, yeah. So, like, I, I don't know. I, I think some of these just transcended, but I think particularly Lobo, it didn't break in for for for, for us for whatever yeah. reason. Yeah, yeah. Well, anyway, in 1991, Lobo got his own Christmas special. So this edgelord bounty hunter from space who rides a, a motorcycle and has a meat hook wrapped around his arm and has big heavy metal hair and kiss ass face paint you know is just like this big mean guy who drinks and swears and has a pet bulldog that probably also swears <laughs> is uh is having a christmas special and this is one of those things where it's like this is another one where it's like an it's like an anti christmas book this is the fir- I think this is the first this is the real the first one actually I said some of them on the list were anti-holiday specials but they're all anti-holiday specials for for like different reasons this is a anti-holiday special because it wanted to be an anti-holiday special I think this is a christmas book for people that hate christmas Or like christmas I think is, is the lame. easiest way to put like it like MTV generation christmas is yeah, lame. yeah 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 Christmas is lame I'm going to go listen to Alice in Chains like, yeah, yeah, it's like I'm not going to watch the Charlie Brown cartoon again. That sucks. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't want to eat dinner with mom and dad. Yeah. <laughs> Christmas carols for lamers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody else is wearing their Christmas sweaters. I'm going to sit upstairs in my like skanky old punk rock t-shirt and just like <laughs> read Lobo comics instead. Yeah. Um so yeah. That's that's kind of the idea of what of what this is and what Lobo is, who Lobo's aimed at. It's called the Lobo Paramilitary Christmas Special. And um, the synopsis for this is that Lobo is contracted by a very drunk Easter bunny to uh, who who is putting a hit out on Santa because Santa keeps upstaging him and he doesn't like that Easter uh, Christmas is more popular than Easter. That's like literally the whole shtick of this book. Um but when we do get to meet Santa, Santa is a sweatshop running slave owner type dude. Um, 
he's a very bad man. So we don't sympathize with Santa or Lobo. Well, this is um, how the perfect anti-hero thing. You get a bad yeah. you get a bad guy to take out a worse guy. Well, that's it. Yeah, like it's like Lobo's Lobo's morally grey, but Santa's like practically like off the scale, like bad. So it doesn't matter if if this morally grey character kills Santa cuz Santa's bad. Like, you know, it's it's one of those things like that's the whole the whole thing of it and and like even like from the beginning of the book because the book opens with um so it's a story within a story uh because we've got this this couple that are struggling to um like it's like oh you know that the husband's just been laid off for rigging toilet breaks or something um ferret and orifice or whatever they're called uh and and ferret's been laid off for the rigging toilet breaks and ferret um now can't afford to put christmas on for his kids and their 10 children are going to tear them apart unless they do something about it so he's like well either go upstairs and kill the kids or you know we we find some other way around this and then this book lands in their um on their doorstep i think is it and and it's this this, and it's literally this story about lobo that will make anyone hate christmas or be scared of christmas (laughs) so the kids won't want christmas anymore or something um but apparently it's only good for one read um and then mission impossible style yeah and then ferret has to kill his children anyway it's christmas man what are you gonna do yeah what you can do shoot kids (laughs) on christmas eve (laughs) jesus christ lobo book um so yeah i mean this was written by keith giffen and alan grant um pencils and art by simon uh, pencils and inks by simon bisley um it's uh i like simon i like simon bisley's art style i don't know about you this is one of those books where um apart from the people and when i say people i mean lobo and santa uh who have very specific designs uh, everything else is ugly. That this is a book that Rahul would, in particular, would hate. Especially oh, God, uh, those yeah. first couple of pages with the couple. Rahul yeah. would just know that he'd eat the comic book rather yeah, than read yeah. the rest of it. Um, yeah, like don't it, eat it, burn it, man. It, it just, <laughs> we need uh, to stay warm. You'd be out of rage, <laughs> like uh, because uh, like he just would not jive with that with that style. No. <laughs> yeah, would, I mean, I, I'm. I think Simon Bisley is one of those artists where you either love it or you don't. There's no one who is like kind of lukewarm on Simon Bisley. They either like it or they don't. And I'm, I'm kind of a fan of his art style. Um, I have to say I quite like it. And I mean, that's about the only positive thing I can say about this one, because as a Christmas story, it's, I mean, even, even as an anti-Christmas story, it's just, it's just nothing like I don't, it just I just felt weird after reading this. <laughs> like, it, wasn't, story... it wasn't funny. It didn't make me laugh. <laughs> you know what I mean? It just you know. Yeah, like it felt weird. The, sto- the story's like super lame and like uh there's only so many times I can have like a panel that clusters up on a gun and goes, go, 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 go. Like I, yeah, I don't really yeah. care about that. But like yeah. bracka, uh, bracka, 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 arms yeah, everywhere, the, guns everywhere. Like, the action is like framed pretty well. Um Yeah. And like, uh, like the carnage 
does have some great like action shot panels and stuff like it is a dynamic yeah. book in the, in that sense especially for this era like yeah. this is the type of thing that uh you're in wh smiths at the time or whichever you or your local comic book shop and this would be on the on the shelf and you'd flick through and you'd see like elves heads exploding with bullets and stuff yeah and you'd be like I was like, oh, this is a comic book back then. Well, this is this is what I get at when I, I'm saying that I quite like Simon Bisley's art style because it's it, he has this really dynamic way of displaying action and like gore and things like that. It actually comes over really, really nicely. But it's also a masterclass in how not to make a Christmas action movie <laughs> or how not to make a Christmas action story, should I say? Because it's a comic, not a movie. But you understand what I'm getting at, like. There are Christmas stories that skirt the line that manage to have action and edge and, you know, killing and things, but still remain a Christmas story like um, Die Hard. But then. Like there's this I think this this just just pushes it a little bit too much. Yeah, I guess that's always yeah. going to be subjective. Um because uh, like some people like want a bum want a, want a bummer story that ends in this way and has all this carnage because like screw Santa and screw Christmas and stuff. And like, I don't really have too much of a problem with that. I just think the execution for me was like lacking. Like it wasn't like that other book that I that I got you guys to read last Christmas that you hated. No, it wasn't as where, bad as that. <laughs> that. The thing is, with that book, that was just like unfunny, edgy humour. Um, yeah. Just like, yeah, let's be edgy. And, do, and what's, a, what's a funny, edgy thing to say right now? Let's do it. This is maybe is an earlier version of that, but I don't know. It, it just feels like what would be badass to do? Uh, and like, this is not your, your dad's Christmas uh, anthology. And it's like... Yeah, yeah. Fair play. It's just for me that uh, beyond like some of the action stuff, like um, I just don't. I find Lobo to be a boring character. I don't really like much about it, and it, like it's just not for me. But I don't. I don't think. Uh, I don't think it's like I don't think it doesn't have its place. You know what I'm saying? I yeah. think. There is a, there's a, a place for this and uh, it, it serves people well, um, and uh, it is kind of like uh, morbidly dark to have that ending, which I think, it, it, like considering like heads exploding and stuff like that, the ending is quite savage. But um, yeah, it's just not enough. Like I don't know, maybe I just need like there's an intangible thing where like a good dark morbid satire really like yeah uh, like pre presses all the right buttons for me and yeah like just a dude going da, 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 and just saying fra uh, frag every two seconds it's like i don't want to be in that part of the 90s it's boring fragging this and fragging that yeah, yeah i mean they got just... fragged yeah frag 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 and it's like yeah. this is lame it's it... like just, Do you know what's just, lame about it is the fact that it just doesn't have the balls to go all the way and just say fuck. <laughs> like, is, it, it, this is the thing though. Like around, I remember around this time it was just such a big thing. Like, oh, they got fragged. Like it, it is yeah, of its time yeah. in that sense, but it's just like yeah. I was that's never really been my scene, and no, no. this isn't. I know this 
and the story just doesn't it just doesn't interest me like there's this panel when you see him walking up to his bike and this is the thing that people are like yeah the bike and like i don't care <laughs> yeah yeah exactly i really don't care for lobo i think the book you're talking about was the um brian pushing jerry duggan book wasn't it last christmas yeah last christmas that was the one you made us read last christmas <laughs> <laughs> called the last christmas i think yeah that's it yeah the last christmas that was something else this this isn't as bad as that because i think that this is coming from a different place um to to what the last christmas was and and the last christmas wasn't yeah it was just like edgy humor like let's just you know let's try to do this let's try a bit nah this um i mean the last christmas isn't even a decade old according to what i'm looking at it, it, am i right in th- it was like the 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 23rd November 2013 was when it was collected. Really? I thought it was an Orts book for some reason. I think it may have been an Orts book, but... Um... That's the humour of an Orts book. Yeah. Because I'm, I'm looking at the Image website now. Uh, I mean, we covered it last time. I'm, I'm probably like... We're probably contradicting everything we've already said about it. <laughs> um, but I'm looking at the image website now because I, w- I was like trying to get the title of the book when you were saying mentioned it, and it's uh, published November twentieth, twenty thirteen. That's the collected edition of it. So maybe it was slightly earlier, but I don't know. Uh, but anyway, yeah, it's um, it's not even that old, I don't think. But yeah, uh, and then you've got something like the this this Lobo book, which. It just doesn't, it, it just doesn't, even as an anti-Christmas story, it just doesn't land because it just feels too, too nihilistic. I think, I think it's too nihilistic because it, it, to, it like, it like almost doesn't care about not caring. If you understand what I'm trying to get out with that, <laughs> like. Yeah, just, I understand. I, yeah. I understand what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like, yeah, it's, it's, it's just something else that lobo story but yeah i mean i i i can i i i like the art style i like i i i do like um some i do like I like bisley's art style i think it's great but um just the, the 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 story itself it just it just left me feeling weird it just wasn't it just wasn't for me like um and i think yeah, I, I think I think it, it, even at the time, I don't think I would have picked this up and enjoyed it. I would have looked at it and gone, wow, this is rad. But I don't think it's the kind of story where I would have read it and, and held it fondly or anything like in, in, a, in, in, in high regard um, at any point in my life, even as an edgy teenager. I don't I don't think I would have because I, I like it like you. I've never been a Lobo fan. Um, and I think we can. Um, can we burn that one? Yeah, I, uh, I want to. I think there's. Uh, I know. To be fair, especially with what I've said, of not being a Lobo guy, I think there's maybe there's more redeeming features in this book just from like the art, uh, art and stuff yeah. like that. But um, yeah, man, from the first page, I wanted to burn this. So. <laughs> yeah, light it's, it up. <clears throat> light it up. Yeah, it's better than the than the previous one. But it's still not great. So yeah, light it up. Um, we're moving into. Um, I think actually, I think the books get better as the decade goes on. 
Um, Because I'm just looking at what we've got coming up after this. And I think they actually, the stories get better and the books get better as the decade goes on. So uh, moving on now to Terror number eight. So I'm guessing this is another one you've probably got questions about. Uh, Well, this is an odd one because um, I don't know if you remember this, like, because there's a bit of an age gap between us. But I'm sure in the late 90s or the mid to late 90s, and this is probably a thing that's been done multiple times since and before. But like outside of free comic book day, there was a thing where I think a publisher or not publisher, like um, what Diamond are uh, distributor. distributor. I think there was something going on where they were like piling comics together. So you'd get like five comics for the price of one. And they must've been like, they were like old comics. So they weren't, they were like, maybe a, a surplus stock they had of like old comics or something like that. Yeah. Cause there was a thing where like, uh, obviously I was a big comic book guy. I go to my, um, my local uh, corner shop uh, and they had a big like news agents uh, side inside them as well as your penny sweets and stuff. So it was a store that had everything for me. Mm. And um, one day they were doing a bunch of those. So I like bought loads of these, uh, buy one like they came in in plastic where you'd get all five together and they were just disjointed random issue from here there and there and like via doing that i picked up uh i I got a few dark horse stuff uh, that introduced me to dark horse i can't remember what the titles were though but um i'd have to look on the, the wiki one day i but i never ever saw those as a kid like i remember seeing random issues of stuff on the shelves when i was going to buy sonic the comic yeah this um, is, must have been some like weird publisher thing um, yeah. and the thing i don't remember like going to like wh smith or like other comic book shops and, and checking it out like this was just a local thing so maybe it was just how their distributor was to them like oh we got some extra stock but yeah. uh yeah i picked up a bunch of those and um uh long story still long uh terra inc an issue of terra inc was one of those so that is i am actually slightly acquainted with terra inc but i don't know I've never known the full backstory or read much more. But like I got yeah. a flash from the past when uh, I started reading this book. Yeah. Um and you know what? I actually think this one's quite good. I like this as a standalone story. Um it's got it's got that that kind of like man or monster swamp thing thing going on for it, which is which appeals to me instantly. Um coming at it from the horror angle is probably what's gonna make me save this. So it's originally a character born in Marvel's Epic Comic imprint, Epic Comics imprint. So that Marvel had an imprint uh, called Epic Comics, which sort of ran in the 80s. Um, it was um, it was Jim Shooter and it's a spin off of Epic Illustrated magazine. Um, and it let creators retain control and ownership of their properties. Um, and it let Marvel publish it's one of those things where it was like a way for them to get around, like to, for them to publish sort of like more violent content that wouldn't have, that the, the, the comics code would not have let them do. Yeah. Does um, that mean that uh, Terrence was not part of the Marvel universe? Not originally, no. Um, but it became part of the Marvel universe. So he, um, it started, uh, it ran from 82 to 96, the Epic imprint did. And, um, Sort of like the create it was creator and work that was unconnected to Marvel Superior Universe, um, but then it kind of like 
some of it got absorbed. So like Terra himself in interest is an interesting character in that way because he got absorbed into into six one six from the universe that he was sort of born in, which is this um this the epic comics line, which was which is Earth eight eight one nine four. So obviously they want they want even though everything's not under one roof, it's under one roof because it's Marvel. So um, it was like later decided that it was he was from Earth eight eight one nine four. How he makes his way to Earth six one six, we don't know, but he does, and uh, here he is having a Christmas adventure. Uh, this um, this embodiment of a demon that is rotting flesh. Um, he's like, he's like a zombie that's constantly rotting, except he can borrow body parts from other people. So like, he just like, he kills people and takes their arms and legs. And then by taking their arms and legs, he gains their skills or some of their uh, memory as well. Um, so he's kind of like this amalgam Frankenstein zombie monster demon thing. Um, kind of a cool concept actually. Uh, and again, like this for me is is one of those things where I'm coming at it from being a fan of this sort of comics character in general because I love things like Swamp Thing, etc. Um, so this appeals to me. Um, and yeah, so like his origin is that he was um, he fought a demon, and uh, the person who killed the demon was cursed by it to assume its form and that was him terror in like a he's like immortal because of his ability to take people's body parts um he has a metal arm which is the uh, hermetically sealed arm of the woman he loved um and he saved her arm and encased it in metal so that it wouldn't it it wouldn't um rot and he could remember her touch so that's why he has the metal arm and why he talks to it in this issue and says that he still listens. Okay. That clears up something. Yeah. So uh, basically in uh, the, the, the crux of this one is um, Terror number eight, Season's Creepings, uh, is that he... Um, well, first of all, I've just got to talk about the cover because it appears to be Terror himself wearing a Santa jacket. And then saying, you better not shout, you better not cry, you better not pout, get ready to die. <laughs> he is contract. It's one of those, again, where it's like this morally ambiguous character where he's, he's like a, he's a mercenary. He's another one of these like, you know, gun for hire type people. But he's contracted by a mafia guy who's on death row to... I can't like I couldn't quite work out if it was to protect or get revenge because he does a bit of both. Yeah. So he's like carrying out this guy's vengeance but he's also protecting this guy's family and making sure that they I think he's contracted to make sure they have a good Christmas, isn't he? Yeah. But I think have a good Christmas is code for don't let them don't let the the other mafia guys kill them. I'm saying mafia. What I should be saying is magia. Yeah, because that's yeah. the Marvel approximation of the Mafia. So they didn't call them the Mafia in the Marvel comics. They used to call them the Magia. Um, it's it's Marvel's approximation of the Mafia. And um, the differences between them and the actual Mafia is that they are um, sort of like told... They were kind of like... Um, 
created under the influence of a demon called Satanish. Um, so, yeah, go figure. They have demonic connections. <laughs> anyway, he, he basically, this guy goes to death row, this, this Magia guy. Um, and then when he dies, Terror takes his body parts um, and uses them to protect his family. And, like, there's, like, little moments throughout the book where he um, touches the head of this guy's son and, like, you can see him having, like, a sense memory that belonged to the dead dude, um, which is quite... It's quite an interesting thing and it's quite quite an interesting lo- look at, like... It's quite, it's quite an interesting character concept, I must say. Um, and the artwork in it's pretty cool. I've got a fondness for, for this kind of time in comics and this artwork. Um, I've got a real fondness for... Um, yeah, it's, it's Horatio Ottolini. So I've got a real, real fondness for this kind of art and this, this kind of comic book, actually, because this is kind of like this, this sort of stuff. Um, really, And as, as a Christmas story, it really appeals to me because it's kind of like about... Um, it's it's about making the best of what you've got. It's about loss. It's a, it's like it 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 has the Christmas spirit, and I think it's the first one that we've got to, apart from that Doctor Doom story that has a bit of Christmas spirit in it. What do you think? Yeah, I largely agree with what you said. Um, I I think it's the best book we've spoken about so far. Uh, yeah. I also have a soft spot for this type of art. It reminds me of hell. It reminds me of some of the. Yeah, the Batman comics we 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 uh, we're reading and some of the uh, exactly yeah it's it's that stuff. that period that period of time in comic this is what people were doing and it's like it's it's nostalgia ish for me as well there's and like a lot of nostalgia thing, in yeah. it yeah it's like that crime edge but with like a uh, a hint of supernatural in there yeah that, uh, that works quite well and then you've got Terra and Terra has his, his like his 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 people as well like his assistant and yeah it, 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 even though I, d- I didn't really have an idea about uh the world around this and the comic that i got as a kid i i don't even know what that is uh let alone yeah. remember uh what happened in in the issue yeah. but uh yeah you did get a very sense of like like there's uh, an organization here and um mm. like this is got that street levelly moon knight vibe yeah but a little bit more hardcore but, but also like this is yeah. a it's it's not just like a job in a, in a sense where it is but it's also like it's a kindness it's a gift like being able to yeah. do stuff like because uh, even though the guy won't experience it himself he still wants to be a part of the joy of his family yeah. so you do yeah. have like touching moments like uh like uh, caressing his like wife's shoulder and stuff like that and like you said the stuff with like touching yeah. the kid on the head and stuff like that as well as all the uh magia business of dealing with uh goons uh yes like uh it, it never feels like weirdly over the top or weirdly um saccharine as a christmas thing no this is uh, where, this is this one gets the balance right so what i was talking yeah. about where lobo is too far in the other direction this is kind of like the middle ground where you yeah, want to be. I mean, cause it's, yeah. it's, it, it, it just, it's just like a, 
like a street level thing. Uh, yeah. But like with a bit of magic in there. And yeah. uh, it, it doesn't go, it goes more on sort of the meanings around Christmas, like family and stuff like that, rather than being too hard. I'm obviously dressed up in a Santa costume yeah. for a lot of it, but rather yeah. than it being like Christmas trees and blah, 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 like it's not really about that. Um, yeah. it is about it's primarily about like the dude who's gone like looking after his family with his last uh is his last mm. wish am i um i've got this in my notes but am i remembering correctly that the kid is visually impaired and thinks that terror is santa uh, i do remember that being a point early on when they met i can't remember if that yeah. continues throughout yeah, I think that's part of it as well, that the, the child uh, in the story is visually impaired. Yeah. And uh, he he believes that uh, Terra is in fact Santa um, because of what he can hear and feel and things like that. Um, it's, um, yeah, I think, I think it, it, out of the ones we've read so far, this is the best one. I, I quite enjoyed this one. <laughs> it also has... That terrible, that stupid uh, cop. It's like, hey, you were, yeah. you straddle real nice there. Oh, God, yeah. yeah. We no, need something like... harder to write. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Getting getting into, well, this is, this is this period in comics. This is what I was getting at when I was, like, poking fun at Superboy for being a bit of a sex pest in the Death of Superman stuff. But, like, like, he gets told, well, this is Miss... Um, primo yeah yeah um and like she she has to be like uh remember who it is i work for yeah <laughs> he owes me a freebie or two and the guy's like just trying to be friendly and it's like <laughs> like do you know what this dude does like <laughs> yeah exactly yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah he's gonna have your eyes and your arms yeah. and your legs yeah but yeah, this is this is that period of time in comics where this stuff kind of comes up and it's I'd love to know cuz I don't I I don't feel like was the early 90s like that? Was it really that bad? <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? You were like, barely you barely remember the early 90s, that's why. Well, that's it, yeah, but that's why I'm like, was it that bad? Dude, like, every decade is like this. Like, Yeah. This is like in crime movies. Uh, every movie had like a, had to have a scene in a strip club for some reason. And yeah. uh, like uh, to, to, to prove that the bad guys were mean, you'd always get like a racial slur or some like good old misogyny in there. Uh, yeah, just because the we need to know that the bad guys are bad. Well, so, I like, know that from the seventies and eighties, from movies from the seventies and eighties, but I didn't know that it carried forward right into the nineties. Dude, it, it carried forward to now, <laughs> but it definitely was a bit, <laughs> like definitely a thing in, yeah. in like nineties movies and stuff. But I think yeah, it just, it's part of the the mil the milieu of like um uh like uh you know like a dark urban yeah. story type of thing that is just yeah. Yeah, uh, you have a sleazy cop type thing, whatever, who gets yeah. uh, who gets given the finger type thing. Like it's it's a very like sort of tropey thing, but like so it's not yeah. out of place. It's just uh, yeah. funny. I found it a funny uh, exchange here. Yeah, it's, it's just, just a, a heavy-handed way of showing that a bad person's bad. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but yeah, that one was um, 
yeah, that one was actually quite good. I quite enjoyed that comic. Um, I really liked that one. Um, I like, I, I, I have a fondness for, I might even go back and chat. I might start reading terror and just read the rest of it <laughs> mm. because of that one book actually. So, um, are we agreed that we're going to save that one? We haven't yet, but, uh, we are now, uh, yes. do not yeah. burn this one. Cause you seem pretty positive about that. I think I'm going to save that one. So we're saving that one. So we've saved our first comic, um, four more to go. Marvel Holiday Special 1993. I'm going to go right out of the, the, the and, and say that I, because we're, in, we're into 1993 now. So um, I should have mentioned, by the way, that um, the Terror comic comes from 1992. So released on December 1st, 1992. So there we go. Just in time for Christmas 92. Um, just after Superman died, actually. <laughs> So it would have been on the stands right around the same time um, that literally they were doing the funeral for a friend stuff. Um, it's it quite does kind of make sense. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it does kind of make um, sense. The, like, the general outlook. Yeah, yeah. Shares, shares some, um, some setting and theme indefinitely. Yeah. Um, Marvel Holiday Special 93. So, yeah, 1993. The Marvel Holiday Special is something that's, like, kind of run every year for, like... It ran for ages. Um, And, uh, yeah, so this is the 1993 edition of it. And uh, I I quite like this one. I think this has got some, some fun holiday stories in. This is the most Christmas comic on this list. Because it's, like, your classic Christmas anthology. Um, so like we've got, um, a Spider-Man story. We've got a story with Nick Fury. We've got a story with, you know, like, um, it it just, it goes through. There's, there's one with the Hulk. There's one with the basically like the all stars of Marvel comics as they were back then. It's like what would have been what would have been top characters at the time on the stands, and this is how they always do it with these holiday specials anthologies. Um, and I was um, I was big in big into this one. I quite enjoyed this one. So the first story, um, the Spider Man story, hopes and fears. Um, I really really like this one as a Christmas story. So this is Spider Man saving the spirit of Christmas from Mephisto, but then. The twist is that the spirit of Christmas endures anyway. Um, and even Mephisto is powerless against it because even he shows mercy at this time of year. Uh, Mephisto being the ultimate embodiment of evil in the Marvel universe, supposedly like, like Marvel's analog of the devil, I guess. Um, so, Leon, what did you make of this one, this Spider-Man story? Yeah, I thought it, it it put the general book on a good start. Um, I thought that for a Christmas book, it was quite a uh, non-saccharine story, really, and it was uh, Peter again up to Peter stuff. And uh, I like the Spider-Man artwork here. Yeah, uh, I like uh, his uh, ongoing sort of thoughts, his monologues, and then yeah, uh, I like all the stuff with uh, Mephisto. And yeah. generally, it's a it's a comic book ass comic book in a really 
uh, really fun way. And uh, this is Pete, this is Peter Parker dealing with Mephisto like before one more day. <laughs> mm. So it's like it's like guess what he's dealt with Mephisto before, and it was in this Christmas story that you're reading now, which is kind so, of wild yeah. When you think about it. It is, yeah, yeah. Um, it's um, it's a it's it's a pretty cool Christmas story. I like it. I I'm loving the bit at the beginning with him going Christmas shopping with MJ, and then like she tells him to get a tree, and then all of a sudden he gets he gets wrapped up in the wacky world of Spider Man. Like, cause he just it's just, it's like as soon as MJ leaves him alone, like the floodgates open and all the weird starts happening. Yeah, and it's that classic <laughs> thing of like Pete's just trying to live his life. Um, yeah, yeah. Classic Spider Man presence without having to deal with uh, yeah super villains. Can't even buy a Christmas tree. <laughs> but yeah, I think overall it's pretty fun. Uh, I always yeah. love seeing some MJ and um, Pete interaction. Yeah, it's yeah, it's uh, it, it was good, and again, it, it doesn't go too ham on the annoying Christmas stuff. Like, no. I think it it's enough one that goes more for the spirit of it rather than yeah. Isn't Christmas a commercially fun thing where we all buy all these gifts and stuff? Yeah, like it's more about like I mean, <laughs> obviously to start with him, but it's not it's not a, really about that. It's it is about uh, the general spirit of it and. Uh, all the stuff to do yeah. with uh, Angel, yeah. Uh, that all that stuff is uh, it's like very old school, like James Bond type contraption stuff. Um, yeah, which and it and it gives like a, a very obviously like a funny visual, yeah, uh, separation between like Angel and like Mephisto. So like it, it it's got all like the good stuff. Spider Man's got big eyes, which I always like. So yeah, um, I like that yeah. story. It's a good. It's it's the, it's. This is like classic Spidey for me, like this kind of stuff. And this is uh, Pat Broderick on pencils here for Spidey. And this is like, this is the, the, the type of, this is the Spider-Man that I cut my teeth on when I was reading Spider-Man comics. Like this, this, these, these Spidey stories as mm. a kid, when I would get the odd Spidey book. Um, and just, yeah, this is, this is just, yeah, I, I, I really enjoyed this one for Christmas story. So I think, I think overall, actually as a Christmas, I think overall as a, as a book, this, 1993 Christmas special actually works very nicely. Um, moving on from the Spider-Man story, you've got um, Ho- uh, Downtime, which is the Nick Fury story, isn't it? Mm. Um, and this is Howard Chaykin, would you believe? Um, um. Yeah, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. And you actually liked it, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, well, I've, I thought it was all, all right. Like, I think it's one of the better better stories that we uh uh read uh, so far but i wasn't in love w- with how it how things progress through it yeah i liked the through line of it i liked nick fury you know kind of like rediscovering his christmas spirit and um because it, it, it again like you said it's not overly saccharine it's something that i think some of something that that um not a lot of christmas stories are very good at which this book kind of has in spades is acknowledging that not everyone has a great time at this time of year um but acknowledging it and showing it in a way that um is sensitive to that and then also giving you um 
like the the kind of the payoff of them of this person then sort of like coming out of the other end of that i don't know if you agree with me yeah and there's a lot of stuff dealing with like um i don't know uh the trauma of memories from the past and and uh yeah uh like things gone by and people missed like it's got a lot of that where it's like the company man who uh yeah pretty much his whole life is about the service and uh like there's not really much time for christmas chair there it's just like who's no longer yeah. with us and uh yeah who's trying to kill us next uh, this week exactly yeah um but uh, yeah i think that side of it is like cool and i really do like that um and i think there's like another story which handles the sort of the dark side of christmas as well in here but like yeah. i think like i don't know it, it loses steam for me uh or like fury's uh journey loses steam for me so overall yeah. like i like it but it started off um like it felt like it was going to a meteor more interesting place yeah yeah um, but it only has so many pages to do what it does, and it does what what it does quite well in that in that small amount of time. So, um, I'm going to skip ahead because I'm just going to pull out the other two highlights of this book. So, in this book, there are um, one, two, three, four, five, six stories, and uh, I'm going to stick the next two. The next two are. Gift, the Gift of the Marvelites and Mud Pie. Um, so um, Gift of the Marvelites is a kind of like a, a self-parody cartoon involving the, uh, the people that work at Marvel offices at the time. Um, Tom DeFalco and Mark Grunewald. <laughs> um, and uh, them buying gifts for each other last minute at Christmas. Um, and then we've got appearing in Mud, uh, Mud Pie, which is a Captain Ultra story. Um, Captain Ultra is a comedian who's also a superhero. His whole shtick when he's a comedian is that he makes fun of superheroes, like all his material is about superheroes. But guess what? He is one. Um, and then, uh, yeah, so those those two are okay, but they're like kind of like the weaker end of this book. So we'll skip ahead to uh, Harvey T. Biscuit's Yule Log. <laughs> which is um, the downtrodden, uh, put-upon man who still lives with his mom, has no friends, uh, until he meets Ghost Rider. <laughs> um, he's having a bad time at work. His boss is really mean to him. Like, he's just, he's basically just, just, just this, this kind of, like, he's a doormat. Like, a complete doormat. Um, but then Ghost Rider kind of helps him out. Um, I quite like the art on this one. I I really I'm, I'm into like the design. I I like Ghost Rider stories anyway, um, and I think this one's quite funny. Um, I think the comedy in this one lands quite well with him being this put upon guy, um, and I like the the panels at the beginning where he imagines himself killing his mum with the umbrella <laughs> and things like that, and um, going to work and then like being told he's not going to get his bonus and things and then just just taking it and taking it and taking it um and then all of a sudden he meets ghost rider and ghost rider changes that for him um kind of like gives him a bit he kind of like he has a bit more kind of like um 
I think he feels like he has some agency and power back after meeting Ghost Rider, which is which is I think what they what what they tried to do with the story. Um, and I quite I, I quite liked this one. What do you think, Leon? Yeah, I, I liked how like dark it was, uh, like mm. subtly dark uh, in yeah. little elements uh, poking beneath the surface and dark uh, humor. <laughs> this guy who's just kind of, kind of like bleh. <laughs> like yeah. I, I do like how. Um, how we follow his general life and just this super sad sack. Uh, and he, the thing is, he doesn't really have much agency in the story. I thought it was funny. Yeah. So it's like, he's just a sad sack. And because he's in the right place at the right time, he yeah. kind of uh, sets his trajectory, uh, what changes his trajectory and makes his life a bit more bearable. But he, it gets is a, some, is a... he gets that agency back because then he's like, I would like you to do something for me. Yeah, and then like at the end, that's all him. And it's so. um, it's just funny because it part of it is it gives like a glimpse into what it's kind of like to be a normal person in a world with all these superheroes and stuff, and yeah. the chance encounters. And I do like stories like that because I think that yeah, oftentimes that side is neglected because it's cooler to spend time with the superpowered gods yeah. who punch other gods in the face. But mm. I do like to spend time with, uh, with, with a normal person and yeah. watch them uh, their lives be changed uh, by a chance interaction with one of these uh, yeah. superhuman people. So uh, I think it fun. handles that type of story really well. It's fun when we get that. Um, in, in any, like, I, I, I must say, actually, I do quite enjoy these stories across all like not just in when they appear in other in other um mediums as well like there's episodes of batman the animated series that are like that um it's like i've got batman in my basement that one and uh the mat was it the is it the man who killed batman with with the the um sid the squid where he's just that, like an ordinary goon <laughs> yeah that ring that that rings a bell yeah yeah uh those those ones are great like those types of story are always great um so yeah harvey t biscuit and uh his uh his interactions with ghost rider are cool and then the the last story of the book is the other one that deals with the dark side of christmas which is free will which has uh the incredible hulk um the incredibly 90s hulk with his curtains curtains hairdo yeah <laughs> um yeah this one this one's quite quite a nice story and um it, it has quite a nice um a quite a nice message i think as well um and i quite i quite liked the way this one played out and the ending um this guy is um he's uh he's looking to kill himself um he works for pantheon um pantheon lab um and um he's he's looking to end it because he was given a prophecy by uh delphi who um is another i think she had uh, another superhero um who were, who's at pantheon at the time she she tells him his future she gives him a prophecy about how um it's going to end um but she doesn't exactly he interprets it his way which is that he's going to kill himself um because his his um his, his wife and his child are killed in an accident I think it's his wife and his child, isn't it, Leon? 
a truck smashes into a car. Yeah, his his wife and his child are killed in a road accident, and um, he decides that he's just gonna he's gonna end it because this is what he was told that on on this day before Christmas, this is when it ends. Um, but he interprets it one way. And Hulk comes along and Hulk literally talks him back from the edge of a cliff. Um, And then we find out that actually that was kind of like the destiny, the plan of the, the, that was like the destiny all along. Like his destiny was to be, to, to have that conversation with the Hulk to bring himself kind of like, or to set himself on the path of um, like living again and getting past his grief a little bit i guess um and it's quite quite a nice story in that way um and the conversation at the end about free will is pretty cool and i, I quite i quite like it's, it's it's very deep for what it is uh for 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 a, a, a comic it's, it gets very deep actually for the for the amount of pages that it occupies um and it's quite impressive for what it is as a um a section of an anthology story, which I, I, is quite good. I wanted to highlight that. Uh, what do you reckon, Liam? Yeah, this is uh, the other one I was referring to when I was saying uh, dealing with uh, the dark side of Christmas and uh, like uh, wanting to end it. Type of stuff. Mm. And uh, it has some like, like I really like the artwork in this and like the character designs, including the curtains. Like uh, I'd like to general look at it. While I didn't really know much about um these people and their like organization i thought it was pretty um effective way to like get this character set them up like we yeah. get the backstory pretty quickly and then you get the idea of what the other characters are like and um like there's just little snippets like i really like the bit where is it atalanta one of his colleagues yeah and it's like she talked to me a lot she was real nice but i barely heard her and it's like yeah when people when you're in like uh uh, sort of spiral uh, yeah. or uh, like it doesn't matter how much advice or what good people like if someone's trying to turn, uh, telling you like yeah you've got so much to live for your your life's so good uh, you're not going to hear it so it's like like it fell on like deaf ears pretty much like he was um, mm. it was very uh, in his head during that moment and it, it like I know, it, it's that's quite a realistic, uh, like down to earth thing to include in a book where yeah, yeah, you have uh, a, a gamma guy who's yeah. like mega tall and, and big and bulky. This is what I meant when I said it gets into pretty deep water for the the few pages that it occupies, and it manages to do that really well. Yeah, and I, I did find it funny actually, with like. Because Delphi's thing is kind of like let him jump. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which, it's just hilarious because like she's using like four D chess or whatever. Yeah. But it it is it is hilariously like because the way she's rendered is like with no pupils and stuff. I absolutely hate fortune teller characters for this very <laughs> reason. Like I just they're either really aloof or just just Doctor Manhattan. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's just you know what I mean. It's just like ah. Uh, but yeah, so I can I can see like um yeah and, and like the, the no pupils thing and everything else and but yeah it's it's pretty it's a pretty cool story anyway, but it's like it's like she knew all along what the outcome was gonna be. 
And yeah, well, it's kind of like that, but it's also yeah. a thing of like it was the possibility because it's yeah. basically she still left the agency in his hands of what to do and and say. Yeah. Because like if it's like with his, his interaction with Atalanta, mm. where she's probably like it's all going to be fine, dude, and like da da da, and just you can just talk to me and stuff like that. That's not what he needed at the time. Yeah, uh, he needed to have this. Uh, conversation with the hulk which is uh very much not this very easy thing where it's like he's just like don't lecture me about contemplating suicide i wrote the book on it like yeah bruce is just not here for his bs yeah no. he's just giving him <laughs> yeah uh <laughs> he's giving him what what does uh iron man call it in that old uh, marvel book some solid dick yeah, yeah solid <laughs> dick yeah uh uh, Bruce is just giving him some solid dick because right now he needs it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Which is like it's great, and then like Hulk has a conversation with Delphi at the end, and I do like yeah. how it yeah. kind kind of wraps up where like uh, like you can you can either take it from the thing of like I knew that would happen, or more a case of like I um, I gave him the thing and he read it a particular way, but it's what like if yeah. he died. It would have been because he was meant to die. I wonder, and, I wonder where that saying actually came from, solid dick. Because uh, it, it does sound like super like forties war real era. Yeah, uh, but, but like so so was there someone someone who was like a real straight tough talker called Richard or something? Like Possibly. Uh, yeah, I just, I always wonder where things like that come from, get their origins, because it just I can't think about i'm thinking about the phrase solid dick and i can't think where that could have come from even in that time like when i think about like you know like okay so dick is is another way of calling someone called richard um but yeah it just it, it just makes no sense that saying yeah but like that that's because you've got the modern uh use of the word the more modern use of the <laughs> word uh as like your default, but like I'm, so that's I'm why living seem extra weird. I'm living, I'm living in the modern hellscape where you say the word "solid dick" to me, and I can't think of it any other way. <laughs> so... yeah, hellscape. What, what's 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 better? What, what... I think that that's a pretty good uh, circumstance in uh, yeah yeah in, in in the modern way and in the in the old way. <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, Bruce Banner gave him some solid dick. And put him right, <laughs> put yeah. him straight. Yeah, it's, it's, it's sorted him out. Sometimes that's all you need. Yes, exactly. Um, so yeah, I mean, Marvel Holiday Special 1993. So so far we have burned two out of three comics. So are we going to burn this one or keep it? I'm inclined to keep this one. I think we should keep this one. I think this one's pretty good because I think we're going to burn the next one. I think we're definitely going to be burning the next one. So the next one is an example of um, what image we're pumping out around this time. So um, if you want to go back and listen to um, the the previous episode we did, which was the Superman episode, um, uh, Death of Superman Part, Death and Return of Superman Part 2, where we get into kind of like the 90s um, comic book boom bust um, and uh, the we sort of like touch on the formation of image comics. So this next one is called the extreme super Christmas special. 
published by Image Comics. Um, coming out of um, this is December '94, and this comes out of Rob Liefeld's studio. Um, and uh, it's Youngblood's characters. Um, and it's a character called Troll who is more than a little bit Wolverine. Yeah, like, I, I was initially confused. So I got a few pages in and I was like, hold on, wasn't this an image book? And I had to scroll back and I was like, <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's, uh, he's, he's um, stupidly Wolverine, this character called Troll. Like, and uh, so the, the deal with this is that he... Um, his ex-girlfriend Cersei turns up because um, she was trapped as a sheep for ages and then she comes back and then she's put a spell that will turn every man into a warthog unless he manages to um, fulfill a promise he made to her all those years ago because apparently the uh, partridge in a pear tree song was written in ancient Greece uh, the 12 days of Christmas <laughs> According to uh, according to Keith Giffen, the Twelve Days of Christmas was written in ancient Greece by Troll, who played it for Cersei. Um, and uh, he has to now because he she's like, oh, you would give me all these things, and he's like, yeah, like it. But but when he re- when he reads the song, it's like he would gift her each of these things on the Twelve Days of Christmas, like which is the intention of the song. Um, and she and she's like, you would gift me each of these things. And he's like, yes. But then he does. What is it he's trying to steal from her? He turns her into a she. Oh, yeah. He. He tricks her into using her transmutation magic to tra- to transform him. He's like, transform me. I want to know what it's like. And then he holds a mirror up and or something. And she gets hit by her own power. And then he steals something. And I can't remember what it is he steals because he's supposed to be this this. um like the world's greatest collector, like he collects relics and, and artifacts and such and so forth. So she's like, okay, Mr. Great Collector, bring me the, 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 um, the 12 days of Christmas. Like, and he has to collect everything from the 12 days of Christmas Carol, um, which was written in ancient Greece. Just so you know. Um, <laughs> hey man, that's real history. right there. And uh, the the whole thing is his wacky trip around the world collecting eight lords of leaping or whatever and like pregnant geese and gold rings and partridges in pear trees and so on and so forth. Um, And it's pretty one note. Uh, The art is, it's that, because we're getting into 1994 now. So it's kind of like we're getting into 94, 95 time. Um, it has that kind of like that the the way the colours are on it, it's got that kind of that bright um digital look to it. Um I think this might be sort of when digital colouring first started to become a thing. Um and you can tell that it's like because it's it's all very, very flat with shine to it. And it feels very, um, like, it's not, there's, it doesn't feel like there's much warmth or depth to any of the colour on it. Um, and the art style is that that image. Um, 
it's, it's extreme studios i think isn't it which was um Liefeld studio it's that it's that that image style that Liefeld style that i don't care for much um it's got that kind of like that extreme edge to it and the colors kind of reflect that with the sort of like it's brash and it's it doesn't feel like there's much warmth to it it's a bit cold um it's that early digital awkward kind of like vibe that i get from it um yeah uh i i wasn't much of a fan of this one i i thought it was pretty one note um i thought some of the humor was um a little too juvenile or crass like it didn't land very well it didn't capture the spirit of christmas very well it it was it, it a bit phoned in to be honest what do you think yeah i'm on the same page here it's um yeah it left me quite cold and again it, it, it yeah it, you know you know me and listeners any long time listener i'm pretty um pretty open with all the various different art styles that i like um from comic to comic like i'm pretty pretty liberal yeah. when it comes to various styles and like even styles which might maybe initially off-putting um if it if it works in a thing where it's like i think the characters are ugly but i think actions is framed really well then that's that's what you'll hear from me um so i i'm pretty uh i'm pretty i have an open mind when it comes to art style but yeah this particular thing like this like as you put it the early digital style like i it's so ugly to me uh i really don't like that look it is like yeah like there's like uh, at least two types of styles uh, that uh, really put me off like immediately in this sort of uh, sphere and like apart from this style it's the um, uh, you know the that flat manga style that you get in con books and stuff oh the, god the, the yeah, deviant yeah. art early deviant art style yeah. flat manga look before yeah. people actually got good <laughs> in the west that drawing manga like that style I hate it, hate it. Like it, it it's, yeah. makes my eyes bleed. And yeah. like this, it's not as bad as that, but I, just, I don't like it. It just, it just feels like gross. And it just reminds me of a lot of comics kind of like this. Yeah. That like uh, they never appeal to me. Stuff that just got pumped out. I think even X-Men suffered from this kind of coloring for a while, didn't it? Mm. Like I've come across um, like loads of comics, yeah, in the, in this sort of similar time frame, yeah, uh, which which had this look. And I remember, I've, I'm sure there was a lot in the early aughts. Oh yeah, there's some, there's some, like this. there's some bad ones from the early aughts. Um, um, but yeah, this is, it's not a star. But like, like even putting that aside, um, yeah, story wise, it just doesn't really do it for me. Like, like, I, like it is. In, it is in that sort of old tradition of like the Marvel ones, where it's like um, the idea of like him uh, like collecting all the things and getting it done in the end, stuff like that. That is very um, uh, that feels like very Marvel, like him turning up with all, all the stuff from the song. So yeah. it's like, and I, those are not really the stories that I really like, but I can see like where its heart is meant to be, if you know what I mean. Yeah. So I can see what it's like going for, but overall it doesn't work for me. I found it kind of dull. Um, and it's like, like if this is a thing, if this is an example of Christmas stories, yeah. I, I don't want it because like, yeah. it's not really doing anything smart of the yeah. idea. And no. 
maybe if you had some built-in interest in the characters, this has something for you. But for me, who doesn't, it just made it even worse going. Like some of the books we've read, uh, we've spoken about um, on this podcast, like um, I haven't known much about the characters, but they did they did a, a good job in like a few truncated pages to, to get these get across to me. And this mm. does the, the opposite uh, for yeah. me. I, I don't want to, didn't want to spend it has, any time. It has an there. entire book and it does something that, could have been done in one of those anthology titles yeah and it's as like kind of, one it's little like, story like a film like grotesque-ish and then uh yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah it, 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 it's not it's not um the type I did, of thing I, that i'd go looking for i did like the bit where he pulled out the wizard collector's price guide <laughs> yeah well that's the thing it's like those things where it's like yeah, give us more like that silly stuff, like, but like that alone, like it needs to be backed yeah. up with like yeah some good stuff. Uh, and here I don't like the art, and here I don't like the story, don't like yeah. the character design. So what is there really left me? Don't really like the panel structure. Uh, like like I say everything like feel kind of flat. Like w- yeah, what, it's not. What? It's it's phoned in. The whole thing is just fo- the the yeah. is just phoned in, man. Like like there's nothing really yeah. here for me. It's that, it's that image comics art style that that they brought with them that these artists kind of like took and developed. It's 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 um it's Rob Liefeld's studio, so that gives you an idea of what kind of like this this where that style came from that it's using because it does look very much like Rob Liefeld's or Rob Liefeld's work, even though it's not. Um. Or some of Rob Liefeld's work, anyway, and it's it's got that that horrible like early digital coloring to it. It's just um, it's one and note. It, it's it is yeah. funny because like uh, with Image Comics, like there is like an, this is from like an era that is not really an era where I was digging in. This is when like you had the like the original creators had left uh, the big the uh, big two or whatever. Yeah. Uh, to come here and found uh, Image Comics, and like a lot of, there's a lot of comics from that era that just weren't my thing, and I'm uh, more. It was more when we got into like the sort of maybe mid or uh, mid aughts, mm. maybe early to mid aughts is is the image from onwards. Is the image that I sort of yeah. Uh, initially connected to, and then throughout yeah. the years, like more and more so. Yeah. But like, I remember like this this era is like when you had stuff like Danger Girl stuff like, like the uh, J. Scott Campbell mm. stuff. Like, I, I remember seeing these, cause, and because I, I remember thinking like, what are these? Because <laughs> his stuff is all like sexy women doing sexy poses. Yeah, uh, and I was like, what are these? This isn't Marvel or DC or Dark Horse. Like, what is this? What is this? Um, but it was not really like my thing. I was just like, this is kind of lame. This is like, what's like, I don't know, just, it's kind of cheesy. Like, yeah. like, um, it feels very like adult comicsy, but like thing is before I, I read any image books, uh, I've read a lot of vertigo books. So that, that kind of like, yeah. that's, is that's kind of, it's just a different thing. Like uh, Vertigo books yeah. were like, this is HBO, but like comic books. Yeah. And then I go to what's meant to be like, you know, the independent scene and where it's, it's like all yeah. these creator owned books. And my initial thing is like, what are all these silly stories? It's just like, 
oh, let's be sexy and, and gross. And it's like, what? Well, I'm a teenager at the time. Like, I'm meant to like this. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. it's like, yeah, like it doesn't work for me. Like, when I'm when I've got stuff like what Vertigo was pumping out at the time and Dark Horse is like you're gonna you're gonna spend your money elsewhere exactly yeah like if yeah. I don't want capes I, I've got places to go and yeah. then obviously image became the thing that I like that I yeah. obviously know and love and at times we've been the image cast on here but like this era oh, yeah. it just yeah. it just reminds me of being in comic shops and seeing stuff like that or yeah like reading up on on, st- on stuff that I missed and like seeing all mm. those. Uh, like Liefeld and, and and others' books yeah. and being like, yeah, this well, doesn't seem like this for me. This was I I included this on the list on purpose as a red herring. Like, well, I say red herring. Like, I I, I this is a ringer. Like, this was meant to be burned. This was like, the, this is the revenge for the last Christmas. That I got yeah, yeah. It's like, well, that's this whole episode is revenge actually. But <laughs> it's like, oh, you want bad Christmas comics? I'll show you bad Christmas comics, Leon. <laughs> you ain't you ain't seen nothing. You made yeah, me so... smoke the whole pack. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But no, this one, this one is uh, is something else, and uh, I think we're going to be burning this one, aren't we? Uh, no, no. After all that I've said, that <laughs> I want it laminated. <laughs> you want to save it? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Put, put, put it in a in a golden long box. No, so... no, 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 no. What we should do is we should we should get it professionally graded and slabbed. <laughs> <laughs> No, cast cast it into the fire like the one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, this one's going. Gone. Done. Goodbye. Extreme Super Christmas Special. God almighty. Um, So these next two are going head to head because they would have been on the stands at the same time. So we're going to discuss them together and end the episode on that. Um, And these two would have been... so, So with this, Leon, you have to burn one of them. So between Batman and Spawn, the next two comics on here, you have to burn one of them. So these would have been on the stands at the same time. These would have been going head-to-head sales-wise. Um, and what we've got is we've got um, Spawn number 39 from December 95. And we've got um, Legends of the Dark Knight uh, number 79, also from December 95. Um, so we'll start with the Spawn story. So the Spawn Christmas story is um, there's a a family that like um, living in an apartment complex, um, like a a block, um, not not doing very well financially. Mum has to work hard. Mum has to work long hours, leave the kids by themselves, um, leaves the older sister in charge of the the, uh, younger brother. Um, and, uh, it's coming up to Christmas and obviously they haven't got a lot of money at all. Um, but you know, this, this kid still believes in Christmas, like still has like kind of like the Christmas spirit because he's still a little kid. He's still got that innocence. Like the older, the older teenage sister is, um, she's rebellious. She wants to go out and, uh, eventually she does go out and leave the kid by himself watching TV, watching the reindeer, the Rudolph video. She tells him he can watch it as many times as he wants. Um, and, uh, the mum has to go off to work, um, and work a shift, uh, doing cleaning for some rich person that is really horrible to her. Um, and then while the kid's watching the Rudolph video, uh, something goes down on the roof with Spawn foiling, foiling a robbery. Um, 
and uh while spawn's taking out these guys using chains and stuff uh this kid is like oh wow look santa's jingle bells and like looking out of the window and stuff and like then you cut back to the action and spawn's like kicking ass on the roof like beating these guys up like wrapping them in steel and stuff like that and then there's a there's a bit where um they come they're, they're coming off the roof in a configuration that looks like santa and his sleigh with reindeer and it's the guys like all kind of like trussed up in bent metal uh, with spawns chains getting like off up into the um off the roof with spawn riding like santa and this kid's convinced it's santa um it's quite funny actually i quite i quite i quite th- i thought this one was quite humorous um and i liked the the bit at the end where um the kid finds a pile of cash from the foiled robbery and then wraps it and puts it under the tree for his mum. I thought that was quite sweet. Um, and what happens with the money at the end that she uses it to buy stuff for her neighbours and things like that. Mm. And it's all, it's all kind of nice. And uh, Spawn inadvertently saves Christmas without having much to do with it, apart from being a sort of like a side character in the action where um, the... Um, after the sister leaves the kid kind of like gets <laughs> kind of kind of sees this going on out of the window or hears it on the roof of the building um and yeah um the art the art's pretty good it's it's um it's mcfarlane and uh greg capullo's pencils so greg capullo actually one of my favorite comic artists so i really loved his batman stuff mm. um and uh yeah i mean this is this is his early work and you can kind of see that he's bending to the style of the times because when you read his batman stuff from the new 52 it's like much tighter much better but you can see where he's going in in the pencils in here in this one um and with like everything else that he does it's it's got that exaggerated style because that's what they were working to at the time things were in in the comics in the 90s were just they just had a, a more of an exaggerated more of an exaggerated style about them like we we talk about this when we talk about the extreme um extreme age of comics where there was like this 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 big sort of like push towards um abstraction uh when you look at like well, well another example of something we've already talked about on this episode the um the bisley book the Lobo book with the amount of the, the push towards abstraction there. Um, but yeah, I mean, this, um, this was actually pretty good. Um, the colors were nice. It, it has a, a really great kind of Christmas message. Um, it's that juxtaposition of like a dark and brooding edgy character like Spawn, but with, christmas and but it still manages to stay on the brighter side of things which i quite like um what do you reckon leon uh, yeah uh, uh, first uh, i got, gotta say the uh, the kid the main kid absolutely cannot stand his face uh, <laughs> yeah his, his i don't i don't like the eyes yeah his face is yeah infuriating is that like hyper exaggerated star that i hate uh, yeah. His massive eyes cannot stand it. It's uh, 
it, it, it's off-putting, but not comic ruining. It's just really annoying. Um, also, the kid's called Greg. <laughs> <laughs> Little Greggy. Little Greggy. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like kid, kids, mega annoying, mega annoying face. I mean, kids, kids, fine as a kid because they are like not even five yet, aren't they? But like um, the kid's face, it ha- that's a style that I just hate, and I hate all the circles, all the, the globules and stuff on the eyes. Like it, I just cannot stand it it's this it just i don't like it at all that said that's my possibly my only negative on the book <laughs> uh, I, I thought it was pretty good like i like what you're saying it's it's a spawn story that manages to be quite uh nice and hopeful uh, and when the panels that you do have spawn there are incredible like it's just yeah. really good big flowy cape stuff chains everywhere it it looks like that's the early splash page that you get of Spawn there, that that could be a cover, easy. Yeah. Oh, definitely, that, yeah. That page is incredible. Like, just yeah. the lighting, the shading, uh, the line work itself, like, it's it's good. And, like, this is what's funny, because everything I just said about, like, this is not really my area of image, the uh, Spawn comics... I wasn't a big Spawn guy or anything, but, like, Spawn comics were the uh, exception to that rule. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just because I think McFarlane and his collaborators weren't just were doing uh, like a different thing, and like yeah. while Spawn is of this like edgy thing, which wasn't really my thing. Obviously, I did watch the Spawn movie. Obviously, we all did. Yeah, yeah, and like yeah. Spawn was a cool character, uh, but it's just like I don't go, yeah. I don't go like uh, like crazy for like these type of characters. But of these type of characters, Spawn is one of the best. Did you ever just, catch? much of the spawn animation oh yeah all of it yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and uh like i think of these characters spawn is one of the best like spawns just got one of the be- all-time best designs yeah uh, in 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 a for like comic book superheroes in my opinion mm. um and yeah this book is fun like I, l- I like all the stuff how it builds up with the kid and the the sister who abandons him and the the silly happenstance of like uh spawn being up the villains outside and uh yeah uh, giving this kid uh, like hope and stuff, and then uh, it manages to stick the landing where you think like, oh no, the kid's gonna go outside, blah blah. But then the money's there, and it like all just wraps up really yeah. well. And then they do the thing where they put a hat on a hat because that would have been a fine ending where it's like, and he gave us money, and I'm gonna put that in a president, uh, put it in a present. And the this is this is so cool that could have been the last panel, easy, and this would have been a good book. But then it has. The uh, splash page of like what the mum did with the money, and it like puts a hat on a hat, but in a good way, and uh, manages to like tie it all off. And then we get the final page, which is just Spawn just chilling on a throne, brooding uh, on his throne, yeah. looking at the photograph of his family. And it's like, uh, yeah. oh, uh, was it always find time to, uh, to be with them? And then yeah. it's, uh, uh, a few final lines as we. Uh, see him looking at the the picture of his family like yeah it, i think that this is one that does it really well it has all the christmas crap in it but not really yeah. uh it is still about the spirit of christmas and yeah. um yeah well, it, it's, it's a pretty good book yeah i mean this is this is um like tip my hat to mcfarlane for making a great christmas comic out of it and and to, to work a character like spawn into the into the christmas spirit like that it's it's some kind of talent I yeah think. Like this and, is full yeah. like green light to make it a super nihilist one, have it end. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It it could have been like the, the when you look at the cover and you see the blood and spawn with the sack and the the Christmas hat on, you're like, oh, this is going to be something super gnarly. 
But then when you actually read, like the cover itself is is like it's a cool cover, I have to say. But it is it is like super gnarly, super you know, like you think that when you read this book, you're gonna get something silly violent. Um, but then when you read the book itself, it's actually quite a nice Christmas comic, and I. I fully, you know, like I, I hats off to McFarlane for creating this. It's great. Um, and yeah, that's uh, Todd McFarlane writing and uh, inks and uh, Greg Capullo's pencils. Um, and yeah, it's just uh, it's it's a great book, and the, the coloring is is beautiful. Has a lot of depth to it. Um, the splash pages that are, the splash pages are absolutely gorgeous. I think the whole point of um a lot of a lot of when you read a, a book that was that was like a, a, well any any mcfarlane book or, or even capullo book actually like a lot of their splash pages could always be covers yeah both of them like you you get that from i get that vibe from a lot of the the, the work that i've a lot of capullo's work i've seen like any splash page they do could easily be a cover uh, because they just these these guys are just they just have such tight um they just they just they just produce such tight work um and yeah um it, it's a masterclass i think in christmas comics but going head to head against this is uh batman's um uh, legends of the dark knight um a story called favorite things uh which was uh mark miller um and uh pencils by steve yowell uh inks uh, dick giordano colors lauren smith so this um typical of its time for a batman story i think um batman story batman always does well with with kind of like um i find i find batman stories that are set around christmas or halloween are always like usually like top tier um i don't normally have a bad thing to say about them but i actually feel like this is like a weaker one compared to the spawn story yeah, this is what's so wild because when yeah. you pitted these two together, I was already to be like, "I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Greg." Like, I know this is going to be like wild for me to say because it's, it's Batman and versus Spawn. Obviously, I got way more love for Batman than I got Spawn, and it's like I've read many Christmas Batman stories, and they they're generally uh, like some of my favorite episodes of TAS, uh, yeah, a, a Christmas yeah. based like. Uh, so it was like it's almost like like a layup, like, and I was going to have to disappoint you because I was going to pick. Yeah. <laughs> because uh, even before this match of just reading this one, this is the first one I read. It was very slight to me, so yeah. like uh, I, I was, it's fine, but I, it, it's a lot that I just didn't care for in it. It's. I I feel like the way Batman is written and behaves in this book is very self indulgent. And it's not, it's not how, I don't know, like, I know Batman, obviously, like, the, the, the character himself, Batman and Bruce Wayne, um, the death of his parents being the whole thing that his whole, his, his whole life hinges on that. Like, that's the traumatic event that, that created him. But this, this kind of, like, this, this tying of objects and totems to, to the fact that his parents were killed when he was a kid and him going to such lengths to get back the toy train that his parents gave him the last gift they ever gave him like i don't know it just it just feels a bit a bit um a bit tenuous like 
I don't know if um, it's a good story. Uh, uh, don't get me wrong. I enjoyed reading it. I enjoyed reading it because it's a Batman story and it's a Christmas story, but it's not up there with other Batman Christmas stories and it could have been so much better than it actually was. Um, and it's just, you know, like a weak setup, weak villains like the chess men. Um, yeah, 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 bloody weak, chess man, <laughs> weak Z tier Batman baddies, the chess men, basically just a bunch of dudes with chess pieces tattooed on their foreheads, right? It, the thing is, it is, um, unintentionally funny because every time they yeah. refer to their leader, they they call it they refer to him as king, but it yeah. just sounds like they're complimenting him, like, uh, yeah, Batman's around the back, king, <laughs> like, it just, it just sounds ridiculous reading it, yeah, exactly. Um, but it's just, um, I don't know. I wanted to love this book, Leon. I wanted to love this comic, but I just, I just can't like, and it does, it, you know, it, it, it does, it, it gives you a snapshot of dark, gritty Gotham at Christmas. You know, we've got like, um, Batman's contacts sort of in the underworld, like the, the, the aging stripper who he has a run in with uh, uh, during part of the story. And I mean, like Alfred's on point in this. I think, I think Alfred's on point. What do you reckon? Yeah. And there's some nice touches, uh, with, uh, uh him and, uh, Bruce's relationship and just yeah. all the silly stuff where it's like, I told them you had urgent business upstairs, Master Bruce, blonde or brunette. Blonde, yeah. Sir. Yeah. Yeah. I have a gentleman prefer them. <laughs> like, like, <laughs> yeah. like, it's just uh, like it, it has that like fun sort of like family yeah. bicker banter between them. Acerbic um, Alfred that I always like. I love, I love, um, I love this kind of Alfred. Uh, I think, I think it's a good, it's good Alfred. Um, but. I think the rest of it kind of just falls a bit short for a Batman Christmas story going up against, like, in my mind, against other Batman Christmas stories. Um, and just just this, like... I mean, I can I, if I look at it from one angle, I can see exactly what it's doing because Batman has is just this, this grief... This, at the core of Batman is this grief-stricken 10-year-old boy. Um... And he's just never going to, like, get... He he will never grow or get past that because the minute that event happened, he became Batman hmm. and spent his entire life working towards this, what the end game, which is what he is now. So grief-stricken 10-year-old boy going through, you know, everything he goes through to get his toy train back kind of works for me on that level. But I I just don't see it. I've got no problem with the art. I've got no problem with um, the page layouts. Or I, I think the book is quite a nice book and it's a good Batman story. But I just, I just going up against this Spawn book, if I, if I had to choose which one to spend my money on, I probably would have bought the Spawn book. Yeah, it's also, it's also funny because like the, the Batman book, like near opens of him, like toilet dunking, like the most stereotypical, like bandana wearing yeah, drug dealer. Yeah. And it's just like self, it's like, I forgot that, that this uh, that this book was like later. I thought this was early nineties because uh, like the design of that character is very early nineties. Batman's like 96. a swirly giving jock. Yeah, it's like <laughs> it's 96. Like, and it's like uh, they was they still 
like I thought the stereotypes had like slightly moved on a bit in terms of like, not. that type of character. Yeah. But it, it feels like early nineties, late eighties stereotypes were being used in like the mid mid nineties. Like yeah, just like well, where's the new uh, stereotypes for for like black uh, like gangbang and drug dealers? Like why yeah. are you doing the old stuff? <laughs> well, just, this is this is just, this is what it, it yeah. cracked me up because it's like oh, yeah, it's offensive in in, in like yeah. uh, now, but it's just. All I can do is laugh because it's so ridiculous. Exactly, yeah. And this is this is me like going back to the misogyny that we talked about in in some of the earlier books, and like me thinking, oh, this is like seventies ass misogyny, but apparently not. You know, <laughs> <laughs> like that's that's just it, 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 it. It's it's some some things just i mean we we feel like as society we should have moved on some parts of society do move on others just fucking don't well at least update your misogyny and race exactly like, yeah keep up with yeah. the times yeah <laughs> exactly but, but yeah. yeah it's quite a slight book in my opinion and like yeah. um i think it 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 looks fine but also again it's not it's not my favorite like look of 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 uh, but i think the colors yeah. I don't love them in every panel, but like the yeah, panel construction, like yeah. uh, layout and stuff is uh, is fine. But yeah, yeah, it's about the the lighting actually. I really you know not what? a fan of this. This is another one that's like a stretched out four pager that could have been for an anthology book. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Is I this think... using that digital thing as well? Actually, um, colorist is Laurie Smith. I don't know if Laurie Smith worked digitally. But I feel it's less obvious than it is with the image book because that image yeah, book is really yeah, bad. Especially because I'm not yeah. I'm not even being like a uh, uh, digital. Uh, no, I've got no problem uh, with digital yeah, coloring. Yeah. It's just there's there's a there's a right way and a wrong way to yeah, do it. And, and that image a very, book is the, yeah, it's a really rough period. But yeah. like yeah, the, I don't know. Whatever the case is with the coloring list, I'm not a big fan of the coloring here. Yeah, I mean I've got no problem with the coloring in this one. Like that image book though, like you can. You can clearly tell that whoever was when the colors were done for that image book, it's like the technology wasn't there, but neither was the skill. But like, I mean, with this will be similar technology that these people are using if they're coloring digitally with these new these newer books, um, like the Spawn book and this one. But it just they just seem to. it, It just seems to work so much better and they just seem to have like a better like grasp of the tools and everything else if that makes yeah, sense yeah also I, th- yeah. I think like it, 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 the shading doesn't have that gross effect that the image book has oh god that's like yeah no <laughs> the, the the bright shiny 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 clothes that shouldn't be shiny like jeans are not shiny yeah right? I, I don't like and it's just like everyone looks like they've got like i don't know like shiny round cheeks and that's that type of like style as well yeah, it's just like uh, highlight, highlights on everything. But with, with this book as well, I wasn't really a fan of how it ended. No, Batman playing with the toy train. Yeah, and even the stuff with the, like the the father, where it's like I already returned the stuff, blah blah. Like, yeah, I feel like there's a way to still get that thing across and have Batman leave the money and leave and say don't do it again. But like, it feel less anticlimactic. Yeah, uh, yeah. But like that, I mean, I I'm not like I don't want to like nitpick the book to death. I mean, it's fine. It's just yeah. uh, it's 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 weak. Apart from we're, the Alfred stuff, it's it's quite weak. Yeah, we're comparing it to the Spawn book, which we liked. So, 
I mean, I'm not saying I didn't like this one, but I'm saying that weighing the two up, I'm I'm gonna. I think I think we're in agreement, aren't we, that we're keeping Spawn and burning Batman? Yeah. Yep. So we're keeping the Spawn book and we're burning the Batman book, um, which is a, a turn of events for us. You're definitely listening to Ace Comics Falls people. <laughs> Just yeah. Uh, yeah, this is the right uh, right uh, bat channel. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you this are, wasn't the right you are still. Book. Yeah, you are still listening to Ace Comicals, believe me. <laughs> but um, yeah, as sad as it makes me. Because um, I really wanted this to be my favourite one because it was a Batman story, but I guess not. I can't. When it's against other books that would have been on the shelf at the same time as it, I just can't. There's better ones out there. Yeah. So um, that has been our <laughs> very un-Christmas Christmas special. <laughs> Um, yeah, Merry Christmas, everybody. Um, obviously enjoy your Christmas and, uh, you'll be able to join us again in the new year for the death and return of Superman part three, when we'll be getting into Superman's return and some of the other stuff that was happening around the death of Superman books at that time. Um, so yeah, enjoy your Christmas, um, whoever you're spending it with, however you're spending it. Um, if you are spending Christmas alone this year, um, and, it's a time of year that you find difficult, then um, obviously, you know, we would be urging you to uh, make sure you um, seek help if you need it. Um, there's help out there. There's, there's, there's places you can go. There's people you can talk to. Um, don't suffer alone. Um, Leon, any Christmas messages? Uh yeah, uh, co-sign that. Uh, just say, uh, stay safe out there, people, and uh, have a good time as much as you can. Regardless, like, don't get caught up in like the Christmas hype or whatever. Because yeah, who cares? Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah. but use the the hopeful hopeful time off work you have to uh, dip into some of the your backlogs or your favorite things that you've been uh, missing out on. Uh, yeah, have some like, you time. Yeah, if you're anything like me, your end of year backlog is disgusting. So yeah. dig into that and don't worry about the uh, the other stuff. Uh, I've uh, I've got Carmen I've got Carmen Rider omnibus calling my name. I've got big old Swamp Thing omnibus to dive into. Nice. So yeah, um, yeah, we're gonna be uh, I'm gonna be going through some backlog this year. Um, yeah, maybe even treat yourself to the heating. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. If, if you're feel, if you're feeling wild, if you're, if you're feeling flush, yeah. Um, but yeah, um, so that has been the that has been Xmas days of Noel past, um, giving you a snapshot of the first half of the nineties through Christmas comics, um, kind of like a, a two point five, if you will, for um, the um, the the kind of like stuff we're doing at the minute with Death of Superman. But yeah um so i hope you enjoyed that if you dare read any of the things that we've just talked about <laughs> let us know what you thought did you hate it as much as we did um if not tell us why tell us why we're wrong about lobo tell us why we're wrong <laughs> please 
Um, but yeah, um, that has been Ace Comicals. Uh, you can find us in all the usual places, uh, www.acecomicals.com. You can find us on Spotify, etc. We're everywhere. Twitter under at Ace Comicals for as long as Twitter is there. We are on Hive now as well under Ace Comicals, although something weird going on with Hive right now, it's down. Yeah, there's like, only two people doing it, so there was a security breach, so they took the whole thing down to look at it. Yeah, I've not I've not been able to get into it properly for ages. But when Hive comes back, we're on Hive as well, so find us there. Um, Leon, where can we find you? You can find me on uh, Twitter. I mean, I'm staying in, until the ship goes down. I'm going to be there <laughs> as it as it like subsides and is on uh, on fire at the same time. Yeah, you're going to be playing that violin like yeah. the, like the, like the the people playing the violin. <laughs> yeah, on yeah. The, uh, yeah, that's going to be me. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah. So, so you can find me on Twitter at Leon Everett. Yeah, and you can find me on Twitter and right Bato. So uh, that is Ace Comicals over and out.